Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, old man Grognard here, hope you're all doing well, it's a nice day. Hey, I wanted to talk about the new D&D movie and some other stuff, so stick around, we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, um, my grandson Gage and I went to see D&D Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. And like I said, I don't usually do topical stuff, but I thought I'd give you my opinion on it anyway. So, I was very impressed. Me being a veteran of the 2000 D&D movie, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, people have pointed out some some problems with it, which I really really see. You know, there's a lot of lot of players who's going, "Oh, he can't do that. Uh, a druid can't do that. A paladin isn't like that." And all it says, "I don't care." Just remember this: this movie is an actual. This is movie is a D and D game with house rules, and every every campaign, every Every game has house rules. And if it doesn't quite work to the way you think it should, well, it was house ruled. So just go by that. That being said, I thought it was good. It really felt like a D&D movie. I mean, yes, as a gamer, I could pick it apart about, you know, well, that guy is an NPC. Well, that is this and that. But I'm not going to do that. I just, it just naturally, I feel that way. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to, I don't, I didn't go into this movie looking for D&D tropes, but they were there, but they didn't make a big deal about it. And they, and they made the story priority, the character's priority, which is good. Um, I think the Paladin was a great character, classic Paladin. I liked, I liked Michelle Rodriguez as the barbarian, Chris Pine. He's a bard. You know, he's a bard who's more like a rogue than a bard. So I'm just going to leave it like that because because a lot of time I was thinking like, what's his what's his deal? What's his shtick? He doesn't cast any spells or anything like that. Okay, fine, he's a bard, but you know, he's he's more like an old school bard because there are some old school things in here. It took me about half the movie to realize that Simon the sorcerer was a half elf, even though he stated he had a human parent. I kind of missed that. But then I saw that the the ears and thought, he's not quite okay, he's in half elf. So, you know, you can you can look at that. The story is great. What I one of the things I really liked about it was the fact that ma- the magic looked like magic. It didn't look like, oh, somebody CGI'd that. Well, yeah, they did, but they didn't it came off as magic. They didn't make a big deal out of it. 
And some, some people can argue like, well, it wasn't really Vancey and Magic because they can throw, throw spells without memorizing. So how do you know? Did you watch? They edited out the stuff where they stop and sleep and study their spells. So, and besides, the the kid was a sorcerer, the sorcerer, which is one of those well, I pick up the spells when I can type of characters. Um, it didn't bother me that there was a tiefling in there, even though you know that's a five E thing. I didn't care. She was great. And the how many times could she do wild shape? As many times as the plot demands. That's how many times. And once again, it was house ruled. So go see it if you haven't seen it already as of this recording. It's a just crackerjack movie. I loved it. Absolutely loved, loved, loved it. I'm not really, some people are saying, well, what about what Watsy tried to do with the OG? Sorry. I've ceased to have a dog in that race. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a publisher or somebody like that. I sympathize with them. But that's not going to stop me from seeing the movie. I'm sorry, because I am, first and foremost, a film buff and then a gamer. Sometimes that flip-flops, but, you know, I am I love my movies. And oh, sorry, I guess I give it hands, bro, though. What is it, 12 bucks I paid? 12 50 I paid? A piece of that or whatever. But I, it's not going to stop. It didn't stop me from seeing the movie. So... Like I said, go see it if you can. I mean, I've got friends. My friend Matt, like, he will not watch it. He won't see it until it comes to video or something like that. And maybe then just borrow it from some, I don't know, he, or find it secondhand. He does not want to give Hasbro a dime. And I can understand that because he is a publisher. He published stuff, and they tried to take the OGL away. And I said, okay, fine, you have an axe to grind. I understand that. They affect, they affect you personally, but it ain't going to bother me. I just want to see the damn movie. And I'm glad I did. I can hardly wait till it comes out. I'd like to get a 4K copy of it with for my collection. And I'd be happy watching this one again and again. So that's my little review of the D&D movie. Anyway, let's talk about timers. I think timers is an, an oft-overlooked oft-overlooked um, method in in GMing because you can do it different ways. They're, uh, always giving the characters like a time limit on something is kind of fun. I There are points, I mean, I don't think I should do it all the time, but there are points in the game where you go, okay, you have so many, so many turns to figure this out because there's, for one reason or another, and sometimes you don't even have to tell them something's happening. You just get, you know, what's going to happen. You just got to tell them something happens at this point. And there are several ways to do it. Blades in the Dark does the clock thing, which is good if you want to draw it out or whatever. I like the dice thing, personally. Uh, um, uh, Index Card RPG does that, too. Plop, plop a D4 down there and put, a, put it on the floor. And every time they start doing something, you turn, you know, after the after a few minutes, you turn it over to three, two, and that gives them a clue. Oh, something's happening. Sometimes it takes a longer use of D six, you know, just scale it to your scale it to your game. And I I just find that kind of fun because then people are going, oh boy, oh boy, we better hurry. Like I said, there are times when you want to give them, you know, if they they know something, they know something's ahead, something's going to happen. 
um, I would, I'm not averse to having them plan something out. Whether it goes to plan or not, that's, well, we'll find out. But I'm not averse to saying, okay, you've, I mean, I had this happen in Labyrinth Lord. I had, uh, they were on a, they found a drag, they saw where the dragon's horde was going to, you know, there was a horde in there and there was a big old dragon. And it's like, and this is, well, we had like a week or two weeks to figure it out because it was a weekly or biweekly game. So we had time to figure it out. In fact, the GM just says, okay, you guys, you got a week, two weeks to figure this out. You know, plan plan ahead. And we did. And it turned out pretty good because that was like the climax. And and it went mostly sort of, sort of to plan. I mean, you know, you watch the old Scooby-Doo episodes, the old ones, where Fred is planning a trap or they're trying to catch the, the ghost or whatever. And... They're executing it, and something always happens to screw it up. And the monster starts chasing them, and at the last minute, the trap works. That is great. That would be great for D&D. Okay, if we run, you know, go out there and, you know, uh, whatever the monster is, um, go go, go be bait. Go, go lure it over here, and we'll be ready. And, you know... Something's going to happen. The character goes to swing on the, the monster. He slips and falls. And so, you know, that, that that's the kind of thing I like to work into my games. <laughs> because, you know, nothing ever goes to plan. I mean, as a player, I've come to realize that and just, you know, that's, that's I'm just going to have to deal with it. As a GM, I love watching it. I love them trying, I love to watch them try and compensate, the players try and compensate for that too. Because you know they're going to try. And sometimes it's the last minute things that work out the best. Oh, there's a hook over there. If I can get my rope around that hook or my whip around that hook, I can swing out of the way. Okay, try it. Make a dex roll or something like that. You got a loop on the rope? Go. You know, throw it. And they make their dex roll and they're away from the monster. There you go. You know, but timers are fun because... Especially if you get groups who just take forever to do stuff. to and They have to plan every single move out there. They got to be shown that, you know, you don't always have time for that. You know, things are, wandering monsters is happening. Things are happening. You don't always have time for that. In fact, in the D&D movie, Honor Among Thieves, there's a great example of that in the arena because basically the arena is an instant dungeon and they have to get through it and there there are things stalking them. There is a displacer piece stalking them. They put a mimic in there just to give them a little trouble. You know, that's the kind of thing. And it's almost like a timered thing. You know, they, they have this, <clears throat> you know, they have, and they have a gelatinous cube in there. And I think the most one of the most ingenious things is how they how they figured out how to get away from the displacer piece, which I'm not going to spoil it. Just go watch it. But that's the kind of timer thing. Oh my God, something's on our heels. We don't have time to think about it. We just do it. My friend, my friend, full on gamer. He has a way of way he way he likes to work the uh, fear the fear spell or effect. If some creature causes fear and some guy doesn't make his save, 
because, and it'll say, you know, fear, you will run away for so many turns. And what he'll do is, okay, fine, you run. Okay, next turn, left, right, or straight. Okay, straight, left, next turn, left, right, or straight. Left, okay, left, right, or straight. Because you're not really paying attention to where you're going. They're, the player character isn't paying attention to where they're going. They're just going because they're frightened. And so after X amount of turns, okay, here you are. You're lost. What's going to happen? Okay, which way do you want to go? Because at that point, mapping ain't going to help you. You know, you're not relieving breadcrumbs or, or a rope, you know. So that's that's way to that's the way to do it that's a really good way to do it there was one when we were in the we were in barrel maze um we had a we had a player character brad's character who always wanted to go in where there was a, a not a lich but a i think it was a ghast or whatever the ones that cause fear and he was always blowing the roll and running my fighter must have knocked him out about three times. I said, this keeps up, you're going to get a concussion. So finally, he because he, he says, I know there's something in there. I want to get it. I'll make the roll. So finally, I said, look, I took 50 feet of rope. I'm going to tie it around him. Go on in, because I know he'll go in, fail the roll, and start running. And then all I have to do is drag him back. You know, that's just, it's, it's no brainer. You know what I'm saying? It really is a no-brainer. Huh. But you're always going to have players to do that, player characters to do that. So, you know, they, they've got... And that's to me, that was a, a great way of figuring out how you're going to deal with something like that. Because, you know, <laughs> you know what am I going to do? And next thing, he's going to die next time I hit him. So just tie it around. So those, those are the kind of things that players come up. But, but timers are a great way to add a little pressure to the game. Like I said, especially if you have a group that has to discuss everything. So that's my advice to you. All right. Well, a little short today. I've got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com or drop me a, or, or just drop a, drop a voicemail on Spotify for podcasts. Durs. <laughs> Spotify for podcasters. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. And I would thank you. Single donations, go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognarn or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognarn. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Soares, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much. For other good podcasts, there's Dan Griggs, the Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandit's Key Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tankar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs> <laughs>